Blue Shirts fans to episode number 110 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Hope everyone is doing well and staying safe out there. Obviously, these are some challenging times right now, and I thought what might be interesting to do today, we've done this a couple of times in the past, where I'll just kind of read uh, items from message boards, things that Ranger fans were talking about at a specific period in time, specifically those periods of time before social media, because at the time, the only way that you could talk about you know, Rangers online really was you had to go to these message boards and message boards were really popular back in the day. But I thought, you know, given everything that's happening with the coronavirus and the fact that we're without hockey right now, the most appropriate timeline to take a look at today would be from the 2004-2005 season, or more specifically, the 2004-2005 season that never happened because all NHL games were canceled that season. And there was a lockout and we can get into that Another day, you know, maybe we'll do a deep dive and take a look at what exactly caused the lockout, who was at fault, who was in the right, how it could have been prevented, how it affected hockey going forward. Uh, That that's all good stuff. We can save that for another day. But today specifically, I wanted to look at this period of time in the NHL from the fans perspective. And the best way to do that is to go back to these message boards and just read a couple of comments for you guys. Certainly, I think it's something that we're all going to be able to relate to because for the first time since then, we may not end up with a Stanley Cup champion. We may not be able to finish a season and award the Stanley Cup. Now, that season never actually got started. This season was cruising along and everything was going great. There was great competition this year. The Rangers were having a fun season, uh, knocking on the door of a playoff berth. But as far as not awarding the Stanley Cup, that's the last time it happened. Now, there was also a lockout in 2012-2013, but they were able to salvage the season. There was a 48-game regular season that year, and then the Blackhawks took down the Bruins in the Stanley Cup Finals to win the Cup. But yeah, the last time, once again, that there was a situation where the Stanley Cup was not awarded was 2004-2005, and unfortunately, you know, very different circumstances this time around. Obviously, we've got the coronavirus, and that's that's the cause of all of this, but 2004-2005, it was a lockout, and both situations, and again, I'm not comparing the two. Obviously, this situation going on today, quite a bit more challenging, quite a bit more serious than just players and owners essentially fighting over money, as was the case in 2004-2005. But nevertheless, both situations resulted in no Stanley Cup champion. And so, and again, I'm not giving up on the season this year. They could very well, you know, this thing might pass. We might get through it. We are going to get through it all together. But hopefully it happens in time where we can, you know, have the rest of the regular season and have the Stanley Cup playoffs and award a Stanley Cup champion. I don't think there's a single hockey fan on the planet who wouldn't want that to happen. But yeah, like I said, what we're going to do now, we're going to go back in time a little bit, go back to the 2004-2005 season that never was, and just see what Ranger fans had to say about what was going on at that time. So let's go ahead and do that right now. This first post comes to us from True Blue on October 8th, 2004, and the post is called Psychics Say November. Because by this point, the NHL season was supposed to have gotten underway, and it had not to that point. And True Blue writes, FYI, it was noticed by my friend that in a Canadian magazine, one reporter asked three different prominent psychics, when do you see the NHL lockout ending? 
All three were asked this at different times. The first said she saw it ending in November. The second also said mid-November. The third said November, December. Now, I know this is all speculation, but it gives some hope to those who need it, me especially. Just thought I would let you all know that's it. And then Rodent responds, and, and Rodent, again, I'm, I'm pretty sure from reading all these these topics, these posts, and, and given the name of the website, HockeyRodent.com, this is the guy who runs the website. And he responded by saying, I hope you're right, but I do not see a resolution occurring that quickly. And then Far From NY writes, did any of the psychics say which year they were referring to? And then Don Paolo writes, certainly not this November, maybe next November. And as we all know, the NHL lockout did not end in November that season. It did not end at all this season. The season was canceled. Really an unfortunate uh, moment in NHL history, really, because it's one of the only times that the Stanley Cup was not awarded. I know that, obviously, now we're, we're staring the same situation in the face for completely different reasons. It's not anyone in the NHL's fault this time around. But, you know, fingers crossed that everything can go back to being normal and these guys can get back out there on the ice and settle it and decide who's going to be the Stanley Cup champion this season. Let's go to user ADG for a post from October 21st, 2004. It is a post entitled, Now What? And he writes, My Yanks choked and there's no hockey. Now what do I do? And yeah, that really was a dark time in sports, man. We didn't have any hockey, and that was the year that the Yankees uh, were up three games tonight against the Red Sox, and the Red Sox came back and won. So that's better off being forgotten. That, that was a dark period in sports, man. But uh, Craig responds by saying, there's always alcohol. I'll introduce you to the soothing comfort of a tasty brew after the game tonight. And then Rodent responds by saying, join Red Sox Nation. Jess Golbez writes, join Red Sox Nation. That would be like asking you to become an Islanders fan. Are you up to it? Then True Blue responds by saying, when the hell is hockey going to start? Heather writes, follow the pack, they're undefeated. And Heather is, of course, referring to the Hartford Wolf Pack that season, which is interesting because despite the NHL lockout and obviously no games being played, no Stanley Cup, no nothing, no hockey of any kind that year for the NHL, the AHL season continued, as far as I can tell, like nothing was wrong. It, it just moved right along. It awarded the Calder Cup to the Philadelphia Phantoms, who swept the Chicago Wolves in the finals. And just in case you're wondering how that season ended up for the Hartford Wolfpack, they made the playoffs. They were the number two seed out of four seeds in the Atlantic Division, but they lost to the third-seeded Lowell Devils in the first round of the playoffs in six games. So obviously the Hartford Wolfpack got off to a strong start this season. They had a nice season for themselves, but uh, eliminated in the first round of the postseason. We move into the new year. We go to January 8th, 2005, and there is a post here from Synergy that's called Bettman losing his grip, and he writes, I can almost feel the screws turning. Perhaps finally hockey will be rid of this foolish tyrant. The owners will crumble for sure if the NLRB does not declare impasse, and even if they do, the ensuing strike will certainly destroy Gary Bettman. Well, you say that, but uh, got some bad news for Synergy. Obviously, he's not a Bettman fan. Bettman is still here 15 years later. And in response, M. Hurley writes to Synergy, Man, I would like to be a fly on the wall. It should be like the final days with Bettman, Nixon, cajoling Daly, Kissinger, to kneel down and pray with him. And yeah, in general, quite a few people here not happy with Gary Bettman. Not happy with anybody, really, that there could be and ultimately was not an NHL season in 2004-2005. We go to a post from user Leachy69 with a post entitled, What to Make of All This? 
And this is on January 9th, 2005. He writes, Roe, what do you see happening now? Are we going to have at least half a season, even if it goes into July? And to make some sense of that, Roe, they're referring to Rodent, the guy who runs the website. And the funny thing about this now, not even really funny, but the interesting thing about this is we're kind of asking similar questions now. And again, it's completely different circumstances. Obviously, right now it's due to coronavirus and due to the fact that nobody can leave their home. At the time, it was just a situation of basically, you know, players versus owners and just not being able to come to an agreement and not being able to get the season going. But Rodent responds by saying, I do not see any season this year unless Bettman and Daly are cast aside by the Board of Governors soon. Frankly, amidst all the optimistic rumors since August, I have been among the few who have been consistently resigned to the loss of a complete season. If necessary, I will eat my words, but then I'd get to see hockey. And then Don Paolo responds by saying, From a strictly psychological perspective, one should believe that there will be no hockey this year or next year. That way, if it turns out to be true, you are prepared for the Cold War. If somehow hockey returns sooner, you will have the experience of a nice surprise. I think there is a possibility that this lockout could affect next season too, and we should at least consider that a possibility. And obviously, this is a post from 2005, 15 years ago, and he's not talking about coronavirus or the situation we find ourselves in right now, but it's weird how you can basically just copy this statement and paste it into you know what's going on right now. I think I'm kind of getting to the point, and this is kind of re-emphasize when I talked to Vince Mercagliano, and you know, we talked about a whole bunch of different things. If you missed that episode, go back and check it out. If you get a minute, it is episode number 106. Again, we talked about the Rangers. We talked a lot about Adam Fox and Ryan Lindgren and how they've come into their own. And we talked about, obviously, you know, coronavirus kind of shutting everything down. And he was not overly optimistic that we're going to get to finish this season. And when I say season, I mean the whole thing, regular season, playoffs, all that stuff. And you know, he's plugged into the league. I mean, this is a guy who covers the New York Rangers for USA Today and Lowhud.com and NorthJersey.com. So, I mean, he's really plugged in. He's got his sources, and he did not sound, again, overly optimistic that we were going to continue the season. And so ever since talking to him, and really even before that, I've kind of been looking at it the same way. I'm kind of prepared for the NHL season not to reach its conclusion this year. And if it does, and if, and we're able to take the ice, again, I'm not giving up, but I'm going to look at that as a pleasant surprise if it does happen. If we end up getting to finish the regular season here, and we get more Ranger hockey, and we get the Stanley Cup playoffs, and we get to award the Stanley Cup trophy to whichever team comes out of the playoff tournament, then awesome. That's going to be a great a great thing when it happens. It's going to be a beautiful moment like it always is, maybe even more so than usual, given what we've all collectively gone through here. But it may not happen, and and right now I'm kind of at the point where I'm kind of resigned to this season may not finish, and if it does, if we do get back on the ice and we do get to see more Ranger hockey, then I'm just going to be thrilled about it. I'm going to love it. I, I'm sure I'm not alone in that. I'm sure you guys are going to cherish every minute of New York Ranger hockey and really just NHL hockey in general and, and the Stanley Cup playoffs as well. So, yeah, fingers crossed that, you know, everything gets back to normal, like I said. And it really is crazy how you can basically just take a comment from 2005 and just copy and paste it and apply it to, you know, the current situation that we all find ourselves in. Again, talking about two very different subjects, but nevertheless, uh, the expectation slowly kind of becomes, you know, you're, you're hopeful at first, but then you start thinking like, wow, we really might not get any more hockey this season. And then it gets to the point where it's like, well... You know what? I'm just going to be pleasantly surprised if we do get hockey. I'm going to prepare for the worst. And again, there, there's bigger things going on than hockey and finishing the season and the Stanley Cup and all that stuff. But hey, we're all hockey fans here. We want to see the season conclude and we want to see a Stanley Cup champion.
Here's another post that's oddly reminiscent of, you know, what's going on right now. You know, a lot of people, the players included, the fans, everybody coming up with all these different ideas right now of how the season can be salvaged. You know, do we just start the Stanley Cup playoffs as soon as, or, or rather, if the NHL is given the green light to go ahead and start playing games again? Do you play in empty arenas? And back then, we had a post on January 21st, 2005. It's just called What If, and this comes from user Dell, and he writes, what if the league decided to start the season at the beginning of March with, say, a 20-game regular season to seed all 30 teams and then had all 30 teams make the playoffs? This way, all teams would see playoff revenue and the season would be salvaged. Would this make sense to the owners and the players? And then Leachy69 responds by saying, You could not split 30 teams evenly into two brackets. You would need 32 teams, or some teams would have to get buys. How would you determine which teams would get the buy? Based on a 20-game season, that will probably not fly. It would be hard to do. And he's absolutely right. I mean, because if you, if you start with 30 teams in the first round, you're then going to move down to 15 teams. And then you've got an odd number of teams remaining. And what do you do at that point? So you would have to get creative as far as, you know, buys are concerned. And, and certainly that's the case this year. You know, it's crazy because the NHL right now has 31 teams. If they had 32 teams we might be in business for a playoff tournament and you could let all 32 NHL teams into the Stanley Cup playoffs. I know that sounds a little bit crazy, but I mean, imagine it. You you would seed everybody one through 32 and you have five rounds of playoffs, best of seven every round. So it would take 35 wins to win the Stanley Cup in the playoffs if there was a 32 team tournament this year. And again, it's all contingent on a lot of other things. The coronavirus going away, everybody getting healthy and everybody knowing that, okay, it is it is officially safe to do this. It is okay to have these teams playing hockey against each other, whether it's empty arenas or not. But if that were to happen, I mean, think about some of these playoff matchups, okay? So say there's 32 teams in the league right now instead of 31, because again, we're just one team short of being able to do a 32-team uh, playoff tournament. So the Bruins right now have the best record in the NHL. They are 44, 14, and 12, good for 100 points. Obviously, dead last in the NHL are the Detroit Red Wings. Who, God, I mean, even when you look at this record now, you can't believe that there's a team this bad. They are 17, 49, and 5. That's 39 points. So you would have the top-seeded Boston Bruins against the 32-seeded Detroit Red Wings in the first round of the playoffs. But I'll tell you something right now. I would absolutely watch that playoff series because how hilarious would it be if somehow the Bruins were defeated by the Red Wings in a best-of-seven? I uh, don't think it would happen, but I suppose you never know. Anything can happen when you take the ice. But getting back to this post here, ADG responds by saying, Kiss this season goodbye. The talks are over and there is no resolve. I've dealt with no hockey for this long. Bring on spring training. And he was right. I mean, there was no season that year. And then Leachy69 responds by saying, Thank God the Mets spend money. They will be worth watching this year. Let's go, Mets. Let's do it again. And the funny thing about this is I have no idea if this person is being sarcastic or not. I, mean, I, I know the joke right now is that the Mets, oh, they're this big New York team. Why can't they spend any money? What's the problem? Why can't they, you know, ever get things moving in the right direction and, you know, build this team into a winner? It's New York, you know, that you're supposed to operate like a big market team. That's what you hear quite often. But this is 15 years ago. I'm trying to remember, were the Mets good at this time? Were they bad at this time? Is this person being serious? Had they actually spent some money on some free agents? Then we get a post from February 9th, 2005, and Brian C628 writes, I will always be a hockey fan, and I have been a union member. 
I just think it is ridiculous that the owners and the players cannot come together on something. They are both making money hand over fist and don't care at all about the fans. All I know is they better have a good plan in place to get me to return to my seat in MSG. I can put up with the Rangers playing poorly for years, but not this. And then Rodent responded by saying, agreed, they care about fans' wallets. The other interesting thing about the strike season is this was the year before Yaramir Yager just went on an absolute rampage for the Rangers. And since there was no NHL in 2004-2005, Yager split that season between the ELH and the RSL, played fairly well there, but then he came back in 2005-2006 with one of his best seasons ever. He scored 54 goals and had 69 assists for the Rangers, a 123-point campaign at a time when a lot of people thought that You know, he was kind of on the back nine of his career and that maybe his motivation was lacking a little bit. And this post is called Commentary on JJ, and it comes from Rodent, again, the site admin, on May 1st, 2005. He writes, The English announcer for the internet broadcast was discussing Yaramir Yager's motivation during the first intermission. Quote, He's still one of the five greatest players in the world, but there's the question of his motivation to be the same player he was in the 1990s. Maybe it's just because he is a New York Ranger. And then Sue NJ97 responds by saying, even the New Jersey fan in me has to admit that this was a cheap shot. Yaramir Yager was absolutely unmotivated those last few years in Washington as well. Has anyone considered it might be him? Not sure that having him out there with a bunch of kids in New York will motivate him either, but nothing else seemed to work. And it, it really is funny hearing this, knowing, you know, people obviously down on Yermir Yager and kind of taking a couple of shots to him, knowing the season that he was about to have for the Rangers when the lockout ended and the NHL continued the following season. And then Coat responds to Sue NJ97 by saying, This is complete bullshit. I hope Vlad will come to confirm that Yermir Yager dominated in RSL. I saw him play in 20 games and he was trying very hard. At least for me, he is still the best player and most exciting player to watch. He is very motivated to become number one in the NHL, especially after his trade to the New York Rangers, the team he always wanted to play for. And then we get to a post from ADG on May 5, 2005. It is called Help Me, I'm Melting. First, no hockey season. Not like the Rangers would have been good anyways. Second, the Yankees are horrible. I feel as if I'm reliving the 80s all over again. Oh, the horror. I've been throwing in the backyard through a tire. I'm going to try out for the Yanks pitching staff next week. Wish me luck. Now, 2005 was not a great season for the Yankees. I believe they were knocked out of the playoffs in the first round that year. Had to be the Angels. I mean, anytime the Yankees got knocked out early back then, it was always the Angels. And uh, I I don't know. the, The pitching staff, I think that was like... Randy Johnson, Carl Pavano, Jarrett, right? So, yes, I I can see why maybe there was something uh, left to be desired there. And then Craig responds to ADG by writing, Some minor league team in Colorado is auctioning a one-game walk-on contract on eBay. Guaranteed half an inning and an at-bat, uniform, etc. included. That doesn't seem like it could possibly be true, but you never know. I mean, we have seen some crazy things in spring training baseball games. We saw Will Farrell play for 10 different teams in one day, and we saw Billy Crystal, who was about 60 years old at the time, I believe about 60, take an at-bat for the Yankees and strike out. So who knows? I suppose anything is possible. And we'll end with this post from M. Hurley on September 13th, 2005, right before the NHL got back into action and picked up the next season after the 2004-2005 lockout. And M. Hurley writes, With all the Messier worship going on, this little gem of a quote from Delapina's column in today's Daily News fell by the wayside. 
And this is a quote from Yaramir Yager. I don't think it's going to be a rebuilding. I think we had the same chance as everybody else. I don't think we're rebuilding. There's no doubt in my mind we're going to make the playoffs. And indeed, the Rangers did make the playoffs that year, and expectations had really never been lower. Uh, it felt like a rebuild, but, you know, Yager and this band of, you know, some veterans, some young players, they found a way to get it done. They found a way to get the Rangers into the playoffs. That was also Henrik Lundqvist's first season with the Rangers. Uh, they got swept by the Devils in the first round, but even just making the playoffs that year was a huge accomplishment. So that's going to do it for today. I thought it was just kind of an interesting time to draw parallels from the last time that we had no hockey and kind of compare it to, you know, what's going on in the world today. And obviously there are different circumstances, as we said, but facts are facts. There's, there was no hockey then. There's no hockey right now. And we just have to keep our fingers crossed. Like we said, that everything can go back to being normal. We can play some hockey. Just so you guys have a little bit of an idea of what's coming up. One of the ideas that I had is to rank every single New York Rangers playoff series win from 1994 until current day. And that might take a little while because there have obviously been a lot of uh, trips to the playoffs for the Rangers in that time since then. It might take a while to rank them all. I don't even know how many there are. I mean, there's got to be quite a few, but we will rank them from one down to whatever, or rather from, you know, the bottom up to one. And that might span two or three episodes. You know, we'll see how that goes. And then the other big news is that we are going to be doing a crossover with two other Locked On hosts, uh, Gabrielle from Locked On Red Sox and Javier from Locked On Padres. The three of us are going to be taking a look at some of the best sports movies of all time. And obviously, there was no March Madness this year. Nobody got to fill out their bracket and, you know, have fun there, jump into pools and, and whatever else. And so what we're going to be doing, there's actually a picture currently pinned to the Locked On New York Rangers Twitter page. It is the pinned tweet. If you go to the top of the page, you can see a 64 team March Madness bracket that is filled out with sports movies and they're all seated one through 16 just like the March Madness bracket typically is and what we're going to do it's going to be a multi-part special the three of us are going to go through the bracket and basically just kind of share our thoughts on the movies and it's best two out of three every single time if two of us vote for a certain movie then that movie will advance if all three of us vote for the same movie then obviously that movie would advance as well and we're just gonna go all the way through it and it should be a lot of fun and we're going to determine the greatest sports movie of all time by doing this so, yeah, that's going to be a blast. It's going to be a lot of fun to talk to some hosts from a different sport, you know, both baseball hosts, and definitely looking forward to that. So, once again, if you want to get in touch with this podcast, send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest edition of Locked On NHL. That's it for today. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time.